All right, wrestling with theology fans, this is Pastor Doug Minton, and we are here to dig deeper into Revelation 16 this week. And as we have done previously, I try to break it down into as small a chunk so that we have a, a good understanding of what all is going on. But here as we get to the seven bowls of the last plagues of God's wrath, Really, there's not a whole lot to be said that hasn't already been said in the seven trumpets or the seven seals. So we're actually going to go through this week the first five. And really, there's not much to say on numbers four and five from the commentaries. But we're going to look at one through five as we have the wrath of God poured out against nature. And then we'll go on to next week, the sixth bowl, and some of the more prominent things that we need to look at. So that means this week we are looking at chapter 16, verses 1 through 11. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth, and harmful and painful sores came upon the people who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and every living thing died that was in the sea. The third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel in charge of the water say, Just are you, O Holy One, who is and who was, for you brought these judgments. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. And I heard the altar saying, Yes, Lord God Almighty, True and just are your judgments. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were scorched by the fierce heat, and they cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues. They did not repent and give him glory. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast and its kingdom and plunged it into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in anguish and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. Okay, that's our text for this week from Revelation 16. Let's look at it again as we have the command to go out and pour out the bowls in verse 1. Cressman says, It is the voice of God which is heard, for it is he that has the avenging plagues in his hand. The seven angels, the seven bowls containing the wrath of the Lord upon the earth, the home of the obstinate and hostile men, for the time of grace had now come to an end for them, and the time of punishment had come. It shows that there is going to be a time where God's grace does remove itself, that God will no longer have grace upon people. There will be no more time for repentance. And we see this in the bowls, especially the fourth and fifth bowls, where people curse God instead of repenting because of their pain. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth, and harmful and painful sores came upon the people who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. Dr. McGee says the first bowl of judgment is quite interesting. It looks as though God is engaged in germ warfare upon the followers of the Antichrist. Scripture states that the life of the flesh is in the blood, and also death is in the blood. These putrefying sores are worse than leprosy or cancer. As man discovers a remedy for one disease, another that is more frightful appears. These are judgments of God by which he physically reveals what man is morally, that is, utterly corrupt. We have this picture of Job, quite honestly, here 
as he is given sores from head to toe, but these are magnified upon that. And this is on everyone who has the mark of the beast and who worships the image that has been erected. And it is also very similar to the sixth plague on Egypt from Exodus chapter 9, beginning in verse 8. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from the kiln, and let Moses throw them in the air in the sight of Pharaoh. It will become fine dust over all the land of Egypt, and become boils breaking out in sores on man and beast throughout all the land of Egypt. So they took soot from the kiln and stood before Pharaoh. And Moses threw it in the air, and it became boils breaking out in sores on man and beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils. For the boils came upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not listen to them, as the Lord had spoken to Moses. So here we have these painful sores coming upon the Egyptians and Pharaoh, and then all of those who have the mark of the beast and who worship the image of the beast. And what this does is it does not lead to repentance. It leads to a hardening of the heart. This leads to a utter revulsion of the God who would do this to us. And then Andrew of Caesarea says, The bowl here, just as the cup, is to be interpreted as a tormenting activity that when poured out by the angel produces an evil sore, which here is symbolic of grief that throbs in the heart, even as pus oozes from a sore. This grief occurs in the hearts of apostates, for since they are punished by plagues sent from God, they receive no healing from the Antichrist whom they have made their God. Perhaps also their bodies are physically wounded as a reproach to their souls, which have been wounded by the arrows of that deceitful rogue, the devil. So he says also that those who have received the sores go to receive healing and cannot find healing because the Antichrist cannot heal them, just as the magicians could not stand before Moses and Aaron. All right, that's the first bowl of wrath. The second bowl of wrath, we look at verse 3. The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and every living thing died that was in the sea. This is very much like the first plague, except for this has a bigger twist to it. It's not just that it became blood, like in Egypt for the Nile, or like when the second angel blew his trumpet, but this is the blood of of a corpse, the blood that has congealed. I mean, this is not something that can easy, easily be usable. So, I mean, this does bring about wrath and judgment and death about it. There's not just blood, but it is the blood of a corpse. Promazia says, it seems to me that this passage signifies those among the Jews who did not interpret the law spiritually, but understood it in a fleshly manner, and therefore they could not discern Christ in it. As the apostle says, had they recognized him, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. 1 Corinthians 2.8. He says, those who have become like the blood of a corpse are those who were part of it, that had life from the scriptures, from the promises of God but only understood it, only followed it in a fleshly way. I mean, that's one way of taking it, as we try to figure out, again, throughout this past year or so that we have been doing this podcast through Revelation, that we have all kinds of pictures here because there are all kinds of pictures that can be drawn. And we don't go through all of them because 
we would probably still be in chapter five, six, or seven, trying to figure all this out if we went through everything. But we hit the highlights, especially as we look at these first five bowls of God's wrath. And this goes back to the plagues on Egypt, as we have seen on these first two. The third angel, very similar, he poured out his bowl into the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. Now, this is still this still says blood. This is not the blood of a corpse like in the sea. But the fresh water and the sources of where people would grab water to drink, those have become blood like is pumping through our veins right now. And this again goes back to Revelation chapter 8, the third trumpet, the great star of wormwood that fell and the uh, waters became bitter. And this bitterness comes from the blood, which we will see in a moment as we look at these other verses that are attached to this and the reaction of the angels to this judgment. But Promazia says this bowl contains all the other nations since the nation of the bowl of affecting the sea was the Jews. This is all the rest of the nations who have been so overcome by natural error and enmeshed in impure lust that they even think of divine things in a carnal manner. So again, going with the spiritual versus fleshly oh, idea here. And so by these waters, one may understand the teachings of the Gentile nations. Therefore, it says they became blood, just as it says in Genesis, my spirit shall not abide in these people for they are flesh, Genesis 6.3. And also in the book of wisdom, stirred up by filthy blood for rebuke, wisdom 11.6-7. In addition, the apostle says to set the mind on the flesh is death and the wisdom of the flesh is hostile to God, Romans 8.6-7. So the angels see this and they rejoice and they rejoice by calling God just and righteous in his judgments. And verse 6 here gives us this great picture. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. Exactly. That is exactly what we deserve, is to have something that is completely noxious to us. The idea of drinking blood for most of us is a disgusting idea. But this is where all the fresh water has happened to go to. It, it is all blood now. We go back to Isaiah 49, verse 26. I will make your oppressors eat their own flesh, and they shall be drunk with their own blood as with wine. Then all flesh shall know that I am the Lord, your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Now this is a prophecy to the people of Judah, but for all of God's people, that we have the promise that our enemies will have to be fed by their own flesh and drink their, become drunk off of their own blood because they will eventually turn in on themselves, which we will also see carried out in Revelation in the next couple of chapters. But Roland Preston and Anthony Hansen equate this third bowl as the continual historicist that they are with the atomic bomb in their 1949 commentary in the Torch Bible Commentary. The comment is not unlike that which many people are making today about the atom bomb. Thou hast given blood to drink. 
God has allowed us to discover one of nature's greatest secrets, and we look like celebrating the event in blood. This is several years after Hiroshima is bombed, after the end of World War II, but this is exactly where people were bringing this idea, is this idea of drinking our own blood, being drunk off of this, they were equating to the atomic bomb and what the people were having to do in the calamities after the bombings. Now we get to the fourth and fifth angels pouring out their bowls. There's really not much to go with here. The fourth bowl, he pours it out on the sun and the, so the sun becomes scorching hot. It is like the sun expands out to envelop Mercury and Venus and is not very far from Earth and it starts just boiling and baking everything. Uh, very similar uh, to what is promised against in Revelation 7 when the people look at the great multitude clothed in white. The sun will not scorch them. This is what he's getting to. It's a prelude for what was coming up in the bowls of wrath in that statement, that this is the scorching heat that is not put upon the followers of God. It is only on those who have taken the mark of the beast, as with all of these bowls of wrath. And then the fifth angel in verse 10, he pours out his bowl on the throne of the beast and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in anguish and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. Again, this is a judgment to force the hardening of the heart. This is a cursing of God by the people who are inflicted, not a turn of repentance, because the time for repentance is over. The time has been given away, and it is now time for the judgment of God. And we'll see this a little more next week with the sixth bowl of wrath, and as we get once again to Armageddon and the end of the world. But that's next week. This week we look at the darkness that the beast and the dragon's kingdom is plunged into very much like again in Egypt. But again, as Jesus talks about judgment in the parables, uh, talking about the outer darkness, the outer darkness has now come in and is roosting itself in the very heart of the beast power, because it is the beast power that comes from the darkness, that comes from the evil of the dragon. And so now God is showing the people that are following after the dragon and the false prophet and the beast that they are truly wandering around in the dark. And they gnash their teeth and bite their tongues, trying to get rid of the anguish that they feel from everything else that has gone on. But it's not done yet. Come back next week and we will <clears throat> talk about the sixth bowl and the drying up the Euphrates so that Armageddon can happen so that the end of the world can be there. But until then, this is Pastor Doug Minton thanking you for digging deeper with me. And I pray God's strength in this new year as you wrestle with the theologies around you. Amen.